Welcome to Perennial Meditations, a podcast by the Perennial Leader Project. Here we bring you short reflections inspired by ancient philosophy and spiritual traditions. Each episode is based on timeless principles and practices to help you live your highest good. To learn more, visit perennialleader.com. Welcome back to another episode. I hope this finds you wise and well. Today, I'm excited to share a conversation with my friend Simon Drew from The Walled Garden, which many of you know is a frequent guest here on Perennial Meditations and In Search of Wisdom. And it's a bit of a reflection on our reading from Sunday from Seneca, which was on groundless fears. And you may recall Seneca writes, we suffer more in imagination than reality. Throughout the letter, he really calls us to, to question our fears, examine them. Something I find funny in the letter, Seneca writes, we retreat just like soldiers who are forced to abandon their camp because of a dust cloud raised by stampeding cattle. So Simon and I discussed this topic of fear, and I think you're going to enjoy it. So without any further delay, please welcome the wise and gracious Simon Drew. Would you agree with with Seneca that fears are you know much more in imagination than than reality? I think Seneca might agree with with something I think it's Amelia Earhart said of, you know, fear is just basically being paper tigers. Hmm. Well, I mean, some things are generally, uh, genuinely frightening, you know, and, and maybe we should be afraid of them. But I think that the, the more subtle point that Seneca is pointing out, it's actually something that Rocco points out as well. Rocco talks about how the opposite of fear is 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 love you know and seneca's subtle point is we need caution caution is good you know as in be aware be awake to what is lying in front of you well firstly recognize that you cannot see the future that doesn't mean that we can't reason through things and say, okay, if this happens, if this happens, if this happens, that's more likely to happen. That's being cautious. Okay, if, that's, if it seems like that's more likely to happen, well, then I should put, perhaps put some things in order. Maybe that, you know. But we always come back to the moment. What am I doing right now? But Seneca just has such an interesting point where he says, you know, like, you can't predict the future and you've always been pretty bad at it. I often say to clients, like, when was the last time you predicted that something terrible was going to happen and it actually happened? When was the last time you were afraid of something happening and it actually did? And so Seneca situates us where we are, where we should be, which is right here, right now. What are the particulars of this moment? How can I deal with this moment? And reminds us to, to not hope, to not fear, but to recognize that these are imaginations that we have of the future that likely will not play out. And we always need to come back to this moment. So 
On the one hand, I say, well, some things are frightening, but that doesn't mean you need to fear them. Fear is not necessarily, you know, it's, it's not necessarily good. What you should be is cautious and aware and awake. And I think that that's what Seneca is always calling us to, really. Hmm. I don't know. What do you think? It's, it's interesting. It seems like there's so many either paradoxes or polarities that he's talking about, whether it be seclusion, avoid the crowd, but then he's also talking about friendship being extremely important. Mm. But when it comes to things like in this, I think of creative pursuits or any sort of you know, those sticky life decisions that make us a little almost, you know, just really bring about some, some caution. You know, he says, know which port you're heading to. Yeah. I, like, I assume that as kind of beginning with the, the end. It's like, know where you want to go, not necessarily tomorrow, but a more of a long-term type of thing. But then there's also some the idea that, well, tomorrow's not promised. You know, the, the future lies in uncertainty. It's like living right now. So both of those things, to hold, you know, maybe something in the future of this poor, you know, the, the sanctuary, the walled garden, but at the same time, bringing yourself right back to this moment is a, is a difficult thing. I'm, I'm curious to ask you a little bit about clarity. Because, and I, and you, you could maybe call that many different things, but Seneca is banging on about, you know, this idea of, of clarity, stop wandering, kind of know where you're headed. But then he also says, you know, the sage doesn't take the same steps, but they have a single road. So it's like they know if you say where you're at right now to that port that you're headed to, you know, you draw a, a straight line, you're not necessarily going to follow that straight line. You're going to veer off the path and that is okay, but you can't just be wandering all about. Like, how do you think about clarity in, in regards to that idea to action? How much clarity do you think you, you need? That's an interesting one. I mean, as you as you're asking the question, a few thoughts popped into my mind about clarity. I don't know. Maybe maybe we think of clarity too much as a kind of final destination. As oh great, I have clarity now. I can see. Okay, everything's going to be fine. My experience yeah. has been that clarity comes in chunks, and you know, uh, you know, the other day I had a moment of extreme clarity, you know, where I kind of just woke up, oh my gosh, you know, I've spent the last two years just writing nonstop and I've created this megalithic work, you know, and, and creating music. And it just came to me as, okay, like, what's it all about? And I wrote, you know, the end after writing a poem and I figured <laughs> out what it was all about. And, and, and it came to me just this extreme clarity and I felt, so so much meaning in that moment you know that this is i know where i'm at now but having said that clarity as far as i can tell doesn't last very long it's kind of like you get you get that clarity but 
that doesn't fix the billion other things that you have to deal with for the rest of your life, <laughs> right? That was a moment in time. And I think it's kind of like, you know, maintaining a long-term vision, it's always going to change because life is always changing. Going back to Heraclitus, we're in that river. It's always moving. It's always changing. You can't, you, you can't get away from that. And so clarity comes in chunks over time. And I would say that if you're open to it, if you're open to receiving clarity, if you're open to, to prayer, to meditation, to, you know, opening your arms to, to, to clarity, to, to come on in, then you can probably receive a lot more of it over time, but it's going to come in little pieces, probably regarding specifics of your life. And I don't know, that's, that's how it seems to me anyway. It comes a little pieces. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like I'm, I'm picturing picturing the person, you, myself, anyone listening. They have an idea, they have that port that they're heading to, and you sit down and or whether you write it down or you start thinking of things that need to be done, or you know places you need to go to to get there, and often. As you're thinking of those, you're also thinking of these obstacles, fears, you know, what if, what all of this type of stuff. And Seneca talks about in the, in the letter of, you know, not to be unhappy before the crisis mm. comes, mm. you know, so it's like as you're writing down these things that, you know, these obstacles that are this and that. Maybe we don't need to, to worry or even be cautious or fearful, especially it's like we're not there yet. Maybe we're, you know, it's like maybe that's the fourth leg in the, in the journey, mm. if, you, if you will. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. And I think that, you know, this idea of like having a, a destination, in a way, the goal of philosophy is clarity you know, it's, it's clarity of vision, clarity of speech, clarity, internal world, you know, it's putting the world together in inside yourself. And I often give the analogy to my students that it's kind of like, you're looking out at the world right now and you're looking within yourself. And what you see is this very blurry pixelated image, right? And maybe you don't quite know what it is right now. But what we're doing with philosophy is we're taking chunks out of that image and brushing it up, trying to get to what, what what's in this little chunk. Oh, that's that's a house. That's a heart. Or that's a, whatever it is, you know. And so what we do is over time, we turn that image into a, you know, a beautiful, you know, clear image that we can see. Oh, I know what it is now. And perhaps, look, maybe real you know, clarity, capital C, clarity as such doesn't exist, but it is the destination. And so I guess, yeah, I think that, well, let me put it like this to you. We spoke last week and you'll probably say that last week I was pretty clear on where I was at and this is the way we're moving forward in the world garden. This is, this is the model. This is what I want to do here. Yeah. Now I just came to you today and I'm probably just as clear as I was last week, but the thing has changed, right? 
And so I think I see it more like it's like you're you're getting clarity on steps along the way. And I needed to be clear on that model that I had last week in order for this one to even come about. You know, I, I mm. and so I find that what's always happening with me in the world garden, and I think that a lot of people will find this in their life is you build something the best that you can possibly build it. And then once it's done, give it a couple of weeks. It's going to change because everything is changing. Oh my gosh, now it needs to be this. And then now it needs to be this. And then now it needs to be this. And that can get really annoying over time, but that's literally just how the universe works is we, if, if you're genuinely only interested in being better, finding better ways to move forward, then you could not have been who you are now 10 years ago, even five minutes ago. So you got what you needed when you were that person and now there's something different. So I don't know. Do you see what I mean? It's kind of like this. It's always morphing and clarity doesn't necessarily point out the ultimate. It, it points out this is the next step. This is this is the next step for you. I, I love it. It's something I've been thinking about more recently as life as this creative pursuit. You know, definitely many parallels, many of the existential philosophers talk about life and creativity. And, you know, over the years of, of working with people one-on-one -on -one that I don't do so much today, but a lot of times some of the issues that people run into when they're asked to describe, you know, what it, what it is, what the problem is, most of the time they'll say something that connects with, I feel stuck. You know, there's, it can get sticky. And I think fear for me in my experience dealing with it, talking with others, it's almost a sticky type of point. Like, I wonder if we could ask Seneca to, to join us here if he might just connect it simply with philosophy is, is action, you know, it's, it's about like moving, like, can you be moving and doing and experience fear? Like, I wonder if fear is more of this static, you know, mm. point that you're in. I wonder if once you start moving, you know, there's a, there's a bit of, a bit of that, that, that falls, falls away. And it, I think it takes some sort of creativity of, of how you think about that, but maybe clarity too, as some of the things that you were talking about, but I would also add clarity of, you know, values or principles, yeah. you know, you could yeah. look at the cardinal virtues, theological virtues, but there's a, there's a level of clarity in belief and something that needs to be personal for you. You know, what is temperance for you? What does that look like? They're, they're, clarity across a number of things and and i guess let me ask some sort of final question if if we could in terms of the walled garden the the, the sanctuary you you were talking about this this education you know of the humanities how important do you think it is to have a a framework if you will maybe a broad education in terms of implementing some of this philosophy and wisdom into daily life and i, I apologize for the long-winded question yeah, yeah. there but take it any way you like Simon. yeah 
Yeah, organizing this framework, you, you know, I think... I know what I needed. And what I needed was a container, a space wherein I felt encouraged to seek, to, to really seek, you know, whatever that means, you know, just, do you know all of the answers to life's biggest questions? No? Okay. Well, start looking. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and what I really, really want and hope for, you know, we've, we've just been here talking about don't hope. Well, I can't help it. You know, what I hope for in the world garden is that we're able to create that container where, you know, whether it's lo just looking at our social media or whether it's actually coming and joining us, you know, and coming along to our, our meetups and, and our events or doing philosophical mentoring, whatever it is, these are all containers, spaces where we hope people will feel encouraged and supported in their own path of seeking better wisdom for their lives. And I well, let, let me say this. I mean, I think that my own philosophical path has been one of trying to discern what's, what's the higher goal here? What's the higher goal? What's an even better goal here? You know, something to move towards that would actually be genuinely meaningful. You know, I was in the gym industry for a while and at the point when I quit my job, don't want to say quit because it didn't feel like that. I resigned. I resigned on really good terms. And I, you know, I, I basically just said, listen, I'll give you two months to find your next person. I'll stay on even longer if you need, but, but I can't do this anymore. And the reason was I came to a point in my own philosophical path where I started to realize, oh, this isn't me. This isn't what I want to do. And there's a much bigger calling I felt available to me. And to your point earlier, you know, I just started acting, you know, just started, you know, what can I do today? What can I do today that's going to not get towards some predefined, you know, destination, but what can I do today that's going to get me closer to, you know, being a true seeker, a real seeker? Because that's the most important thing is going on the path and trying to find what's most important to you and find out who you are. And so I guess... Over time, I just realized that it is so important to encourage people to do just that. You know, maybe you feel stuck in your life at the moment. Maybe you feel as though, <laughs> like everybody, th there's this existential dread of look at the world right now. Look at all of the problems we have to solve. Look at all of the chaos that is right in front of us. And I genuinely don't believe that there's a more important thing that people could do than perhaps to go within and to say, hang on, let me slow down. Let me stop just reacting to life. What is important? What's meaningful? What is truth? What is wisdom? What is virtue? You know, what is beauty? What is the divine? What the hell is God? What is all of this stuff? that has been handed down from generation to generation. Thousands and thousands and thousands of years of philosophical and theological traditions handed down to us. The wisdom of our ages, the wisdom of our previous generations, right here, 
Got all these books in front of me. Oh my gosh, look at that. What are the possibilities? You know, I just, I want, and so that's, that's really what I want. I want a space, a container, a sanctuary is really what it is for well-intentioned, thoughtful discussion and debate on the most important topics that humanity has ever wrestled with among people who you can trust are genuinely on the same path of seeking, not the path of here's my thing and you need to take this and you need to accept this or, you know, no, we want clarity. We want people around us who genuinely are seeking. And so that's what we're trying to create. That's, uh, and I think that's what we have created. I think it's, it's now Mm. a matter of saying, well, it's here. We've created it. It's right here. Come on in. So that's, that's kind of where we're at anyway. I hope, I hope that answered your question. No, I love it. It's, it's beautiful. I always enjoy connecting with you. And you brought up a couple things that I, I want to mention to the listeners, the, the question of what is virtue and, you know, the idea of virtue is a, is a hope. You and I are going to be connecting with Sharon LaBelle for a conversation on In Search of Wisdom to hopefully explore some of those questions, specifically look at the theological virtues of faith, hope, and love. You know, is the virtue of hope needed? And if so, you know, what does that look like? Mm. So I'm excited for that. And would you mind, just as a way to wrap it up, could you share a little bit with the listeners of, of how they can learn more about the sanctuary and what might be the best way to, you know, connect with you? Sure. Yeah. So, first I want to say that, Josh, being connected with you is a real blessing. It really is. And having you as a part of what we're doing in the World Garden is vital, you know, because you are a person who does exactly what I was mentioning earlier. You do welcome people into quiet conversation. You welcome people to, to question. You you create that space and that container with your with all of all of the, the things that you're doing with your podcast and everything. So I think that's very testament to what we're doing because we wouldn't have you with us in, in, in the world garden if you weren't exactly that kind of person that I think the world needs. So I guess if people want to get involved, they can go to theworldgarden.com. We have the podcast there, The World Garden. We do weekly free event in The World Garden where we, we bring in our philosophers to, to discuss really meaningful topics that can help people to get a break in their day and to, to focus on something really important. And, and if they want to come into the sanctuary, that is something that is developing over time, but it really is, it's my own school within the walled garden. And so we're going to be focusing on sacred texts and philosophical texts and learning from music and musicians like Miles Davis. You know, we're going to be, what can photographers teach us about wisdom? What can musicians teach us about wisdom? You know, so we, we, we really are going to be exploring a broad range of stimulus, you might say, but in that sense of pointing in all directions and saying, look, you can find wisdom here and you can also find it here and you can also find it here. You know, so I welcome people just to go to the to the website and take a look around. And when you join up, it's going to be a new policy of mine starting this month that every new member I'm going to book a call with, have a chat, 
who are you? Where are you coming from? What, what, what's the reason why you're here? What can we do for you? How can we help you to seek and to, to, you know, find a greater experience in life? So I'll, I'll offer that to people. And thank you so much, Josh. This has been a pleasure. Thank you for listening. I hope you found something useful. If you're interested in learning more, every Monday we share a short reflection with three timeless ideas to help you start your week with wisdom. You can subscribe at perennialleader.com. Until next time, be wise and be well.